if you understand that means this earth and what's the rest of that? Thy kingdom come. What's he saying? The kingdom comes So wherever his throne is in you, and if there's an area of my life that's disrupted and distracted, then that's an area of my life that's not submitted. Because wherever his throne is and his authority is, it takes control and dominion over all. That's why when you and I get the Holy Ghost, it's the regenerative power to put you back in proper order like Adam. So every time I, 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 and right now we're facing this, we're distracted. Our minds are bombarded and we're distressed and we're in crisis. We got all these things going on all the way around us. What's, well, you know what the enemy's after? He's after you and I forfeiting dominion in us. He wants you to get angry. He wants you to get mad. Yeah, y'all, this the air working. Kings chapter 19 and I'm going to start with verse 1 I'm going to read down to verse 9 and Ahab told Jezebel, uh, Jezebel all that there it is I feel it Jezebel uh, without how he had slain all the prophets with the sword sister I'm, I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord bless her heart she broke a rib and she's here in the house of the Lord, healing up. But I'm so thankful to see you here tonight, praying for you. Sister Kat Savon, I don't ever say much about you, but tonight I looked across that crowd and saw you up back there just raising your hands and worshiping your hands. And I want you to know you blessed me tonight. When I saw you back there just worshiping, I got strength from, from seeing you worship, knowing what you've been through and just... But you're still back there with a smile on your face, just worshiping God. I appreciate you and your worship and just, I appreciate you. <clears throat> Verse 2, and Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also if they make not my life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. 
And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came, sat down under a juniper tree, requested that he would die, said, It's enough, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, the angel touched him and said, Now please pay special note on the details. Touched him and said, Arise and eat. He looked, behold, it was a cake, cruise of water by his head. He ate, drank, and laid down again. The angel came a second time, touched him. Get up, because the journey is too great for thee. He didn't rebuke him, didn't curse him. He said, I know what you're going through, and it's too great. He arose, he ate, drank, and went in the strength of that meat 40 days. I want to preach to you here tonight. I know we've been doing James, and we're going to get back to James, but I felt just tonight to preach. I want to preach to you tonight. It's time to arise. It's time to arise. Subtitle you could use, and you know me, I'm quirky about titles. I almost titled it, Brother Bushnell, That Meat. We're going to talk about it tonight. Lift your hands one more time, and let's ask God to help us. Jesus, I thank you for your wonderful presence that's in this place tonight. God, we couldn't do this without you. Preaching would be just a speech. It would be work. Singing would be just talent. Worship would be just exercise. But tonight... We did everything unto the glory of your kingdom and the edifying of the body. We did it, God, that your atmosphere could settle in this place. Your kingdom could come. And God, I thank you for that. Anoint your word. Anoint our minds, our hearts. Prepare us. I plead your blood over the heart of every individual in this building. That the seed of your word penetrate the heart like never before. I pray in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Elijah... I want to be careful. I keep saying it. And more I think about it, I used to say, boy, Timothy, man, he's my favorite. And he is. And Jeremiah. But then I think about Samuel, Brother Darrell, and, and Elijah. They're my favorite, too. I just like them all. I think they're all my favorites. But Elijah's unique. And to me, that he was the, the pace setter. He was the beginning of what was, was about to take place over the course of several years in Egypt, uh, Israel. He's going to set the stage. He's going to be the voice of God to the people. Aren't you thankful that there is still a voice of God in this hour? That the prophet, the office of the prophet is not over and done with. The office of the apostle is not over and done. The office of the pastor and teacher and evangelist is not done. I thank God for the fivefold ministry that we have now in the North American church. But he's the voice of God to the people. And he is the, the beginning of what's about to culminate in the nation of Israel. And he's going to see things that most men have not seen yet. He's going to be a part of miracles that uh, most people have not even seen yet. James says this though, and this is one thing that stands out. It's funny, I'm not teaching about James, but I'm going to talk about James. James says he was a man of 
like passions. You know why he said that? Here's what James was trying to tell us. Elijah wasn't no superman. Elijah was a man just like me and you. Elisha was a man just like me and you. Samuel was a man just like me and you. There was nothing other than they were men that knew how to find the will of God. They knew how to submit to the word of God. They knew how to please God. They knew how to have relationship with God. That's the message for anybody today. It doesn't take a superman to fix the day. I can find one man of God, one woman of God, one prayer warrior that knows how to submit to God and God's word and that one individual can change an atmosphere. That one individual can do a miracle for the kingdom of God. That one individual can see a a family member, a lost loved one. You can pray them through before they ever even walk through the back door. Oh, I'm thankful that these weren't super people. They were just normal people that hungered for God more than the air that they breathed. The writer in Hebrews said they didn't even care about their life. I wonder if we would see more miracles if we would just discount our life a little more and begin to look at the kingdom of God and the urgency of the hour. We could begin to see what God sees it from His perspective. I promise you it would change everything. I've I, I prayed it for years. God, open my eyes. Let me see what you see. Let me perceive it like you perceive it. Let me see people like you see them. Let me love people like you love them. But it all starts in the way that I see it. And Elijah could see. He knew. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. What God was telling him to do. It's not a coincidence. God doesn't do anything by an accident. God doesn't, doesn't allow things to happen. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of God. He puts one up and he puts one down. He lets them reign no matter how evil they are. He could take them down or he could put them up. Well, in this case, oh Jezebel has had her day. This whole story and what I felt God shared with me, it's another picture. I guess you can tell I'm always looking for how to find in the Word of God and correlate it to where we are. What good is it if I can read it but I can't tell what do I do with it in this hour? I need to be able to read the Word of God and apply it to where I am now. And this story is applicable to where we are. Jezebel just wreaking havoc in the nation of Israel. With Ahab, her husband, Jezebel representing the, the, the defiance of authority. Anytime you read Jezebel, I know it talks about a painted face. Jezebel is just defiance of authority. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me in the word of God. Don't tell me how to live. That's Jezebel. Disrespect for authority. Disrespect for the things of God. And that has to do even with the people of God. You know how, Spirit, I'll just say this. I ain't going to charge you. This is free. But it even works in the body. When you disrespect her, you're coming under the spirit of Jezebel because she's anointed under the authority of God. See, we all point that to the man of God, and rightfully so. I've had them put their finger in my face. Disrespect to the man of God and the authority. But it also applies to the body of Christ. We've got to respect one another and honor one another and love one another. Because if I'm not careful, that same authority that rests on individuals in this house, if I disrespect it, you say, well, what if they're wrong? 
God will deal with it. God will deal with it. Don't worry. Don't wear a wart on your brain. God will deal with it. And Jezebel represents the, the, the bowing up against that authority. And Ahab represents what should be a strong man taking control of his home. Represents the absence of a man in his home taking control in authority. He should have grabbed her by the nap of the neck and said, we're going to prayer, mama. We're going to pray together. We're going to get this under check. Oh, y'all better say amen or I'm going to hit a stump right there. We're going to pray about this. We're going to get this right. We're going to get our spirit right. We're going to get our heart right. We're going to get our mind right. And this is what the nation of Israel is battling with Jezebel. And notice what she does. She says, because... Of what Elijah just did. He just called fire down from Mount Carmel. And she said because of what he just. And what just happened. And killing her prophets. She says. I'm coming after Elijah. She didn't say. I'm coming with a sword. I'm coming with an army. She's a woman for God's sake. No offense. Disrespect. But you understand what I'm saying. It's not talking about this is the incredible Hulk. This is a lady. She ain't even the king. But watch how that spirit worked on the anointed of God. And this is where I feel we are. We're the church. We're the anointed of God. And that spirit of Jezebel is alive and well in this nation. It's alive and well. And it's coming against you and I not with a sword and not a spear. And it's not coming against you and I with not, you know, whatever you want, an army with tanks. It's not coming with, with a band of, of army or Indian. It ain't coming with none of that stuff. It's coming right here. It's coming after your mind. You got a man of God now that just called fire down from heaven on Mount Carmel. Just saw one of the greatest demonstrations of God's power and God's glory and the greatest demonstration. And now he's sitting under a tree running. You know how far it was from where he was in Jezreel to where he was going in Beersheba? 98 miles. They said it literally would have taken him two days. He ran day and night to get there and never stopped. One Please, ladies, just let me preach, okay? There's no disrespect. One out-of-order woman made him run. One defiant spirit against authority made that man run so much that he wore himself out. And all of us here tonight, we're tired and we're weary and we're wearing ourselves out. And I want to tell you, it ain't Laura, it ain't this. It's the spirit of this hour that's coming against your mind. It's coming against your family. It's coming against your school. It's coming against our church. And it's trying to wear us out and make us fearful that it's never going to happen. I'm going to declare it again on a Wednesday night with just slim picking the people. God's going to give us a revival that's going to Shake Indian Village and shake Kinder and shake Southwest Louisiana to its core. I told you I got a word from him. It did something for me. He's wore out and tired from one spirit that won't submit to the will of God. This country does not want to submit to the will of God. You ever wonder what we're fighting? You ever go in, let me, let me try to bring it down. You get up in the morning and you, got good, you have good prayer. 
And then about an hour later, Sister Debbie, you feel this heaviness. It's like, what just happened? Where'd that come from? Why am I feeling this? And all of a sudden, your mind, you get to worrying. You get to thinking. You get to, and it's like, I was in my closet of peace and everything was good. And now all of a sudden, my mind is so cloudy and, and my mind is, my think is not clear. And here Elijah is facing this battle with Jezebel. Ran 98 miles. Gets there and he's so tired. And watch what it says. The angel of the Lord came and woke him up and said, Arise. What? God, I'm tired. Now notice... The angel didn't come and say, the first part of that was, Elijah's over there going, God, I wish I was dead. <laughs> I don't, that's not a really good prayer for the great prophet. But God didn't come in or that angel say, you messed up. He understood his weariness. And God understands our weariness. God understands when we do things and say things I didn't really want to do and say. God understands how tired you are in your mind and your heart. And that angel came and said, you're tired. But now come on. In all of this, you still got to get up. You can't stop just because everything else seemingly has you can't stop moving forward. I mean, folks, come on, let's look at it for us. February, COVID hits us. Man, we were gaining ground. Things were rocking. Am I wrong? We, man, we could feel it, boy. We, how many times? Man, Sunday nights were blowouts. We're starting to shout and run, and bobby pins, I think, are flying now. We ain't got none in the ceiling yet, but that's coming. And we're moving, shaking, and COVID hits. And it's like, boom. And then going live, boom. Then it's eating potato chips on the couch and watching. And in your pajamas, don't you lie. You know you watch them in your drawers and pajamas. Your house coats and everything else. We got hit. And now, Laura and, and Beta. yesterday tell me arise I'm fixing to give you the answer and the hope that you you ain't shouting now just, just go on the journey with me he said arise tell the church arise but God I'm tired just arise but God, I'm weary. Just uh, God, I'm fighting stuff on my job. I'm fighting stuff with the insurance. I'm fighting stuff in the government. Arise. I'm fighting stuff. I ain't got my prayer room back. Arise. I I'm trying to get my office back. My books are scattered from Dan to Beersheba. Arise, Benoit. I'm trying to get my prayer back. My days of fasting back. I'm trying to get my walk with God back. Arise. Because God's sending us some help like we've never had before. I'm telling you, if I've ever had him speak clearly, 
That's why I want this going out on that podcast and I'll send the text. I want everybody to hear this message. It's a word for our church. We got to rise even though I'm tired. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. When that angel came, he didn't ask him to do something without giving him provision to fix the deficit. He didn't ask him to do something until he gave him provision to fix the deficit of why he couldn't get up. So if God says arise, if God says arise, you better open your eyes. There's a cake and there's a cruise of water sitting over here. Just shake it off and move. God would never ask you and I to do something we cannot do. If he asks you to do it, he's got confidence in you and I that we can do it. We can have a breakthrough in revival. We can have that momentum again. We can have it like it. We've just got to arise. The spirit of Jezebel, though, blinds you and I. But see, here's the message. God sent the angels. Jezebel couldn't win. She couldn't beat that man of God, even though he ran. Once he caught his wind, watch out, baby. I'm coming for you. See, if we ever got that mindset where the enemies wreaked hell and havoc on your family, your homes, our church. Yeah, it might have made me run for a little bit. It might have knocked me back for 98, uh, however many miles. I might have gotten knocked back a little bit. But you better watch out. I know what you are. I know where you come from. And if I get to praying like I know how to pray and fasting like I know how to fast, I'll break the back of that in five seconds where if you wreaked havoc and chaos on the families of this community in the name of Jesus the church should arise you got more power in your pinky finger than the enemy has in his whole body you could be one praise one worship one prayer could change your whole course of events arise arise he said get up watch he got up. He looked by his head. He made it easy. He put the food by his head. See, God's going to help you. God made it easy for the great prophet Elijah. The dude didn't even have to move. Wish you'd do that for me. My God, feed me like a bird. He didn't even move. Y'all think it's serious. God don't put nothing in the word of God that's meaningless. There's a reason for that. He put it by his head. The bread. The head. What's God saying? 
I'm trying to get in your head because Jezebel's in your head. And the only, you got, you got more Jezebel in your head than the Word of God. Put the Word of God, the bread of life, in your head. Begin speaking the Word of God. Begin reading the Word of God. I done told Brother Dustin, we found a, a, ta- a, a CD player. I'm going to put it in the back. I'm going to find my Bible CDs. They're buried in, 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 in containers somewhere. But I'm going to dig them out. When I do, when some of you start coming in here, don't touch that thing. Just let that thing play. I'm fixing to put the Word of God. 24-7 playing on a CD where you're going to hear it throughout the and when you come in you're going to hear that old fella in the background say, speaking the words of Jeremiah and speaking the words of Elijah why? because we need more of the word of God in our mind in our thinking in our spirit it's not just an antiquated book but when you read the word of God it'll be the bread that'll calm your emotions it'll calm your mind it'll calm your spirit just read it an hour on that one but I'll leave it alone so he eats it's by his head watch and he goes back asleep and the angel don't get mad he said I understand this whole passage is trying to show you and I the battle's real Jezebel's real the spirit of the hour's real. But God is greater and more powerful. And he knows what you're going through. Yeah, I'm not just talking about the fact we ain't got power. I don't have electricity. I'm talking about the mental battle. Folks, listen to me. It's a mental battle. Every time you, if you got a lost son, daughter, grandparent, mama, daddy, that's a mental battle. You say, well, I put them in the Lord's hand. Yeah, that's good. But you're still a daddy, a mama, a son, a daughter. You're still thinking about them every once in a while. And you say, okay, God, when they're going to come, I give it to you. But when you're going to come. And the enemy's trying to say, they ain't never coming. Uh-huh. You're too late. This story here gives me hope. And Elijah lays down, goes to sleep the second time. And here it is. And the angel came and said, Get up, arise. Again, he touched him. He ate again. Now here it was. This was my third title. The journey's too great. You say, what are you saying, Benoit? We're at the end time. The journey is getting more difficult. The journey is getting harder. The journey is too great. It's not for you and I to get disheartened and get frustrated and begin to say, well, scarcely a righteous man is going to make it. Well, man, I'm doing the best I can. No, you need to hear me. If the journey is too great for Elijah, it's going to be too great for you and I. But here's my hope. The angels of God are going to sustain us. The angels of God are going to strengthen us. The angels of God are going to lift you and I up. And it doesn't matter how unrighteous and wicked it may be outside these four walls. There's a God in heaven That's going to send ambassadors of help That's going to come to you and I And when I can't lift my hand And I can't lift my head The angels of God are going to equip you And give you strength when you can't take another step I can't tell you how many he's called me Elder pastors All over the country Benoit Man, I'd try to give you advice, but I can't give you none because I've never been through what you've been through. 
pastoring, you mean. We've never been here. COVID. All this. They, the journey is too great. It's not going to, the answer's not going to come from a textbook. The answer's not going to come from an experienced pre-pastor that could maybe, he can encourage me. But he ain't got the answer for this. I don't have the answer for it. They don't have the answer. Nobody does. Brother Bernard don't have the answer. But that's okay. Because he said, the journey's too great for thee. Next verse. And we go home. And he got up, he ate, he drank, and he went in the strength of that meat 40 days. I ain't never ate a piece of meat that lasted 40 days. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm about to dismiss you. The journey's too great, Brother Sean. I'm tired. You're tired. We're all tired. It's too great. It's the end time. It's where we live. And it's not going to get easier. But here's the hope. There's that meat. If I can get that meat. If I can get that, that meat. There's something there. You say, Benoit, you, you never stop. My God, you're going to have a cardiac arrest. Your veins are popping out. You know why? I got my answer right here. I'm not crazy. There's a that meat. And I'm going to hang from the ceiling. I'm going to shout till I lose my voice. I'm going to preach till every vein pops out. My heart pops. Because there's a that meat that's going to sustain me until he's parts that eastern sky and calls me home. You and I better get that meat. Because the journey is going to be too great that's why I want everyone to hear this message we need to be on a quest our mantra our theme, our vision, everybody does it at the beginning of the year, I'm starting one right now that meat find it because there's something That God gave that old boy that sustained him for 40 days. And 40 is a type of completion. 40, perfection. 40 years in the wilderness. What he's saying is, is there's something I want to complete in you. And you can't do it on your own. It's going to take something I give you. That's why this revival is bigger than me and it's bigger than you. I'm telling you, and here, let me give you, write this down because this will come to pass. When the revival comes, it's going to happen so fast and such a whirlwind. But you watch, on the heels of that, we're going to go home. And that's what's going to catch so many people off guard. They're going to be frolicking and looking at all the fanfare and all the people coming. And they're going to miss the one part. They never got themselves right. People are going to be coming in by the droves. It's going to be like that distribution thing. Everybody happy and things are great and we're doing a great thing for God. That's how the harvest is going to come. Things are going to move in. People are going to come and we're going to be happy. But you need to remember something. On the heels of that, God's going to take his people home. He's waiting on that last harvest that you and I are going to bring in. And there's a that meat that I better find in this end time. 
Because if you and I don't get it, our little traditional Pentecost, I'm about to go off right now. Our traditional Pentecost ain't going to cut it. Our little mamsy pamsy clap to Jesus, give him a hand raise. You think that's going to get you into heaven? He said the fervent effectual prayer for whosoever magnify me glorifies me. Whoever praises me glorifies me. It takes a praise. It takes a worship. I've said it over and over. If I can't praise him here, you ain't going to praise him there. It's a good test run. If I can't praise here, it's a pretty good chance you ain't making it there. That's just Bible. The saints are joining. The angels are around the throne singing and worshiping and praising him. If I can't dance and praise him here, good chance. Don't bring your shoes because you probably might not need them. Sister Alma. Sister Kath. You've gotten a hold of that book. It's probably why the Holy Ghost at the beginning kind of you got it and I'm going to get it. Ever the cost. Jesus is coming. And I'm going to be ready. But until he gets here, Sister Alma, and Jezebel messing with my head and breathing all her lies. Notice, I said this at the beginning, Jezebel didn't come with spears and torches and all that kind of stuff. She came with. Let me tell you what the biggest battle you and I are going to face in the end time. What people say about us. Best thing you and I could ever do. Lock in on him. Find that meat. And when you find that meat. It'll it'll help you. That whenever I get to that place. I'm going to make it. Stand with me. He rose, he ate and drank, and he got up. Last statement. You want another sign? I'm trying to make it where it's so identifiable. You know how you're facing the spirit of Jezebel and this end time antichrist spirit? They're, they're the same. They're identical both. You know, how you, you know how you're fighting it? This is how you know. If you feel a spirit of hopelessness. So tomorrow when you get up, if you feel a hopeless, perilous feeling, identify it. That's, that's not God. That's the spirit of this hour. How do you know that, Benoit? Elijah. He sat under the tree, hopeless, and given up. And God came to his rescue and said, get up. Don't give up. Get up. Because it's in your getting up, you're going to find what you need to get where you need to go. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see the things of God. The promises of God. Whatever it's going to take, God, 
I'm ready to do it. Some of you need to say that here tonight. Some listening to this podcast need to say, God, whatever it takes. God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because that's what it's going to take in this end time hour to find that meat. Musicians, I want you to come. And I want us to pray tonight. The word of God's went forth. But I don't want that word of God to not be received in prayer now. It's one thing to hear it. We got a lot of it. But now we need to tell God, God, I receive what you spoke to me here tonight. It's time to arise. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for the people of God to arise. This is our greatest hour. The church is going to be triumphant as long as you and I stick to the will and the word of God. God is going to make it or make us or help us get through it no matter what. If you would, lift your hands right now and ask God to talk to us. Jesus, speak to every individual right now. Your words done went forth. You know, better yet, if you feel to, we're small in number enough tonight. Why don't some of you just come around the front? Just scatter around. Don't get close. We're trying to exercise social distancing and stuff. Just, just scatter across. Some go down that, go down that hall, that, uh, down through here. Just scatter. But I want us to close as a family. <clears throat> There's ever a time we need the church family. It's today. That's good. If you don't feel to come, some of you can stay in the back. That's fine. That's fine. You can stay back there. That's fine. I just want you to come out of your pew. If you want to pray in the back, I'm good with that. I just want us to be together as a family, a step of faith. Now I want you to lift your hands as they lead us in a song. And I want you to ask God, God. I receive this tonight in my heart. God, I-